Welcome to the Idea Land Podcast, hosted by Ravi Kamati Reddy. Hi, everybody. I'm back with Idea Land number 15, where I'm talking to Jamie Brinkus, the original fitness influencer who's helped millions of people through his eight minute abs, eight minute workout videos. 25 years later, these are still relevant. Jamie went viral before it was called going viral. Here uh, is Jamie talking about the journey. Thanks for, thanks for joining me this morning on this, Jamie. I just think Absolutely. you've seen the progression of something that's so critical to our society. You've seen our attitudes toward fitness and health evolve. Go all the way back. Tell me the life story before the original video, because the story on shooting the video seems to be absolutely hilarious too. Yeah, just and how, how you guys, but how did you even get to that point in well, your? Great question, when did you Robbie, choose you know, sports I, and fitness as a career? Well, to be honest with you, you know, it's funny. I've been an athlete all my life, even in high school. My my college, I should say, college coach. My my actually high school coach made me the fitness basically the fitness person of the team. So I would lead the team in calisthenics. So right there, it was, it was certainly a learning as I went, but the bottom line is it, it actually gave me the impetus to make this a career because I really liked and enjoyed teaching the other guys, you know, what to do to make them, you know, more you know, healthier and obviously more stronger and more fit for the competition. We had for baseball team. And, and so that was the first start. But I was training literally in my basement with weights that were filled with, with concrete, you know, back then, you know, you're talking, you know, uh, what, 75, 1974. And, and so it was kind of neat because, you know, downstairs, you know, pumping away and listening to music and, and thinking, my gosh, this is fantastic. I feel good. I, I feel that it's, it's helped me with my, 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 you know, my, you know, high school uh, programming and so forth. So I thought, well, geez, I'll take this to the college level. I, I actually played baseball in college, uh, you know, college baseball. So it, it, it certainly helped then as well. But but then I thought, you know, I have a, a choice here. I, I really liked TV. I was going to be a, a broadcaster, a sports sports programmer. And so I, uh, I, when I went to the University of South Florida in Tampa, I was interning at Channel 8, which was an NBC affiliate. And so... I started to cut my teeth and doing some vignettes, so fitness vignettes and so forth. And all of a sudden, I thought, my gosh, can you marry the two of these together? And it just so happens to be, I ended up after college, moving out to Los Angeles, starting a fitness business there, one-on-one training and so forth, from like 1985 to 88, went back to Tampa, started to do, you know, literally programming on the, the area TV shows there in radio and so forth. And so a producer saw the, the programming and said, you know what, we need to put this stuff together because I think you might have something here and uh, you're, you're visual and uh, you can articulate on camera. So, you know, maybe you might want to think about doing maybe a, a fitness video. All of a sudden we start conjuring up ideas. And Ravi, at that time, the whole idea was Jane Fonda. You got to do an hour a day here, hour a day there. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, I, it's not working for most people. Some people, you know, want to do that. And they, you know, they sold millions of videos and so forth. But the majority of people, they live hurried, hectic lifestyles. And the first thing that gets pushed aside is their fitness. So when you tell somebody who's deconditioned to say, hey, Mrs. Jones, who's, who's basically a couch potato, you got to work out an hour a day. I'm thinking that's, that's like absolutely foolish because 
you know, they're already sitting on their hind ends. We got to get them up and moving. The bottom line is, you know, you're not going to preach to somebody. They got to do an hour of their day. They're not even doing a minute. So we came up with this idea saying, well, you know, exercise accumulative a little bit here, a little bit there. And following American College of Sports Medicine guidelines now are saying, you know, all these studies were coming out saying, you know, you can accumulate your fitness. It doesn't have to be on one one particular segment. So we come up with this idea of eight minute abs and it resonated with millions of people. And uh, it was the first in Robbie, it was crazy because of the first time oriented program that was just minutes a day. And it was basically the idea of saying, look, there's 1,440 minutes in a day. We're only asking you for eight to start. And, and so we had eight-minute abs, eight-minute buns, eight-minute legs, eight-minute arms, and eight-minute stretch. So it was a five-tape series, and we shot it outside the studio in Clearwater, Florida. And, and they put it literally, it was strewn all over the country on cable TV. CNN had it on, you know, daily. And it became a household name, literally. But it was the idea that it was taking something so simple and saying, you know, we have to reverse the thinking patterns of people who want to start exercising. You know, and I basically said, look, you know, if you uh, rest, you rust. So we got to get people off their buns. And so that idea, it, it hit home to a lot of people. And then everybody came out with two-minute abs, six-second abs. I mean, everybody and their mother came out with something even shorter well, than eight minutes. And, of course, something about Mary did a whole spoof on it with, with Ben Stiller. And, uh, and so it was like, geez, you know, it, it, it just hit home to people. You and, culturally immortalized yeah, and, and, and at that you, point. Rob, I mean, honest to God, to this day, uh, I just got a YouTube comment before we just came on. And the guy said, hey, gang. Well, hey, gang was kind of the video. When we were in the video, that's how I would redress it. But, hey, gang, how you doing? You know, hey, ready for right. eight-minute abs? Hey, gang. And so his only line was, hey, gang. And so it, it's that's 28 years ago. So, you know, so it's funny that's, how that and works, I, and we're still doing it today. And, uh, and I really feel that, uh, you know, you asked an interesting question about where I think things are going. You know, with the recent – and I, I saw it shifting anyway – with, with the idea of technology, Robbie, the idea of doing um, virtual programming, we were doing this probably two and a half years ago. We started to do the app and so forth. We're like, this is going to hit. There's no question about it because you're, you're, you're just dealing with people on a different level. It's that connectivity you have with somebody. Now the, the technology is where you can literally be like we're doing now, talking to somebody on your iPhone, you know, back and forth. And so the idea of this hybrid now, you know, with COVID hitting and everybody was, you know, going towards virtual programming, I think it's going to be a hybrid, truly. People want to go back to the gym, but are a little skeptical, especially people who are my age and older. They're still thinking, you know, leave the germs in the gym, you know, get healthy at home. And uh, so, so big, big gyms now are basically seeing that you need now this, this hybrid of virtual as well as, uh, you know, in-person routines. And, and I think that's where it's going. Uh, I don't think it's going to be totally virtual. I don't think it's going to be totally on, you know, on site anymore. I think it's going to be the combination. So you can have and reach any, you know, people anywhere, anytime, any place. And uh, I think it's going to be a, the next level is, is going to be. And I think it's here right now. But, uh, but that's where I think technology is going to take it. And, uh, you know, we have those... Uh, those uh, elements right now involved. And, um, you know, I just tell people, you know, 
You know, success in life isn't a matter of inches or pounds. You know, success is when you start taking that first step towards a reachable goal. And if your goal this year is to get in the best shape of your life, I don't care if you're doing it in person, virtual, you need to take necessary steps. And then it comes down, Robbie, as you know, it comes down to, you know, eating a little healthier, not being perfect, but focusing on progress, not perfection. And you have to exercise. I don't care. Those two elements, when it comes down to if your goal is, is to lose weight, it's still, I don't care what anybody says, it's calories in, calories out. It's a physics equation. You got to have a negative energy balance. balance is important. And there's a couple ways you can do that. Let's face it. You can do it, you know, via uh, all nutrition or you can be, you know, fitness and nutrition. But there's got to be a combination of both. You know, Jack Lane had a great line. He's certainly a mentor of mine through the years. And he just said, you know, fitness is king. Nutrition is queen. When you put them together, you know, you have a kingdom. And I truly believe that. And he was way ahead of his time, of course. We can talk about that later. But but the idea is that that if somebody's goal is to get in the best shape of their life, and especially as they age, they need to do some strength training. They need to do some cardio. They need to basically have enough protein. They need to have follow you know simple principles. And if you follow the principles, just like you and I were talking about, hey, you know what? I'd rather sleep in, but you know what? You and I are up at five o'clock in the morning. We're in the gym. We're getting it done because we know how we feel. We know what it does physiologically to us, and it makes us a healthier person. And you know, as you age, it's funny. I'm 61. And, you know, us baby boomers, we want to do three things. We want to live longer. We want to look younger, that's for sure. And we want to feel better. And those three elements, I don't care any person you ask that's 50, 60, or 70 or above, they want those elements. And uh, it's across the board. And so you have to still live by principles. And I truly believe that strategies work and rituals and so forth. I, I keep rituals every morning. I know what I do. Uh, you know, I, I start off the day, I don't care anybody says, I start off the day with 50 push-ups. I do a one-minute plank, and I do uh, I do 25 squats. It doesn't sound like a lot, but those 50 push-ups times 30 days in a month are 1,500 push-ups, any way you slice it. It only takes me a couple minutes to uh, do all those three exercises. Those squats, I do 25. Yeah. When you do them times 30 days, that's 750 squats. One minute worth of a plank is 30 minutes to get a slimmer, trimmer, tighter waistline. But in my mind, it's only taken me a minute. It's only taken me, you know, 30 seconds to do 25 squats. It takes me, you know, maybe a minute or so to do 50, you know, push-ups. So, you know, less than three well, would you minutes, put it in I the con- a, a whole yeah. routine. But mentally, it starts me off right. And I think that's where people have to get. You know, they got to just, you got to get in there and get a mindset and shift that mindset that you can do it. And it doesn't take five hours a day in a gym. And I think that's where we got to be. We got to just say, look, you know, implement the program and shift the mindset that you have the time to do this. It's not like, you know, you don't have the time because everybody says, well, I don't have time to exercise. Oh, you do. You do. Trust me. So there you have it. And I wanted to talk about that. So so I'm actually going to, I want to go back a little bit, even, even when you were describing about, um, your journey to finding these patterns is something that was really helpful to you. What is it that you think was different about when you were growing up that you tend, you seem to have found this early, early on uh, when, you, when, you were, when you were much younger. Um, whereas a lot of people, it didn't seem to latch on. You know, they didn't model it. 
either they weren't exposed to it. And even today, you know, why, why do we have a generation of people, even for myself, I have to talk myself into doing it every morning. And there are times when I hate it. Is that normal? Or uh, is it just a different breed of people like you? Do you do you have those days too, or do you just like no? I love doing this every morning. Oh my gosh, no! I got to tell you, uh, there's days where you got to push, and it's funny. Uh, what was it? Uh, Jack Lane once said? I think he said that uh, you know it's it's days that you don't want to work out and you do. That's the best workout you can do, and 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 the only workout that's bad is the one you didn't do. So so I think the idea of the, the mind shift to say, look, to me, it's all about dis- it's discipline dedication, determination, and then it goes back to what your goals are. You know, what is your why? Why are you doing this? Now, some people do it because they're a bodybuilder or they want to run a marathon, so they have to train directly for that. But to me, again, going back to a baby boomer, why are they doing this? Well, maybe they want they want to, you know, help their grandkids, uh, you know, to, to grow up. Maybe they want to, you know, lift groceries a, a little, you know, have strength to lift groceries. It, whatever the decision is, I can tell you this, you're going to have a better lifestyle when you're more fit. And, you know, to me, you know, losing weight is hard and being overweight is hard. You have to choose your heart. <laughs> it's, it's one or the other. So, right. again, you got to take those steps and necessary steps to do it. And, and, you know, back then, you know, back when we first started, you know, doing the fitness, and I've been in the business, what, 33 years or 34 years, um, that the shift has been where I, I still think now that people try to, to um, they try to circumvent around and, and see that uh, that you know uh, that, that there's shortcuts. There absolutely are no shortcuts to this. You have to be dedicated to doing the right things, and like I said, living by principles and and knowing that you don't have to be perfect. I think that takes the the pressure off people. And I, I try to explain that to all you know clients or even in our videos. The idea is that you know if, if you're you're talking to try to be perfect with your nutrition every day, there's going to be days when you're not going to be as healthy as you want. And Robbie, you know what you have to say? So what? Pick it up the next day, the next meal, the next week. It's it's you know again if you're trying to say well I'm going to eat uh, I'm going to eat uh, you know I'm never going to eat a piece of chocolate cake again. Again. That right. is focusing on perfection. And what if, what do you want? When somebody says you can't have a piece of chocolate cake, the, the thing you want is a piece of chocolate cake. And I say, you know, people say, well, I can't eat carbs. Well, you know what? It, it comes down to calories in, calories out, any way you slice it. But the bottom line is this. If you want a piece of bread, go ahead and have a piece of bread. You don't have to eat the whole loaf, right? So but right. what happens is deprivation. When somebody says, well, they're passing the bread, you know, on a, on a table, it's a social gathering, and all of a sudden, Oh, I can't eat carbs today. So that's deprivation. And that is a sure way for failure. Have the piece of bread. Over-restrictive, Over-restrictive. attitude of eating, you think, is, is actually leads to. It's not yeah. going to work. It's not going to work long-term. And that's what we want is something that's long-term and have those effects. Anybody can do something for 30 days. And, you know, that's fine. We want something we can last a lifetime. And, again, I'm telling you, it's principles. You can't you, you can't fool your body. You have to fuel your body with with nutrition, I'm telling you right now. I, you know, the fact is, you can get away with, uh, you know, uh, eating celery sticks and carrot sticks all you want. But the bottom line is, you need protein, you need fats, you need complex carbs. You try to have a, a, a melding effect that makes sense that you can live like this forever. Um, and that's the way I've always approached the the health and wellness business. 
And that's why when we came out with the, the whole idea of doing just minutes here, minutes there, it was to, to look at what was going on in our society saying, we're getting more overweight, 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 and yet people are so obsessed with their the way they look. And why is that? Well, you know, number one, you can't out-train a poor diet. So you're trying to go against, you know, these 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 conglomerates of, of food companies who are constantly bombarding you with, with you know, uh, with, with, you know, great looking food and, and you're thinking, oh my gosh, this just looks great. And so next thing you know, especially as you age, your, your muscle tissue starts to, to wane, your, your metabolism starts to lower and you're going, you know what? I'm eating the same amount of calories. How come I'm getting these, these bulges in places I didn't have before? Well, because number one, it's physics. So what do we have to do to churn up that metabolism is let's face it, you have to you have to have some resistance to you. You have to have some muscle tissue right. because that is burning and churning. You want that afterburn of the muscle tissue, and that's what works long term. You can't get around it, and you don't have to be a bodybuilder to do this. And that's, that's something I've always you know said to people. You know, even if you had mom's tomato paste, it doesn't matter. The bottom line is, you know, if it's a resistance to your body, an overload to your system, your body will respond. You will hypertrophy the muscle. Which, Robbie, as you know, there's two ways. You can either atrophy or, or hypertrophy the muscle. And, and so yeah. if we just do this right and tell people you get a few minutes here, a few minutes there, it all adds up, it's more digestible. They can fit that into their category. And I tell you people, if, if we've got clients that say, you know what, I just don't have the time. I said, look, break it down into three samples of your day. Number one, from breakfast to lunch, write down what are you doing? From lunch to dinner, what are you doing? From dinner to bedtime, what are you doing? If you can't tell me, you can't get in minutes here, minutes there, then where are your priorities? Because, you know, there's 86,400 minutes in every, I shouldn't say that, there's 86,400 seconds in each day. If you look at just eight minutes like we did, think about that. That's 480 seconds. So if you can't, you know, in, get involved with your own priorities on just those levels there that I don't know what you're doing, but break it down, write it down. So what are you doing every yeah. single day? If you tell me you don't have time to do, you know, a, a simple, you know, eight minute workout or a 10 minute workout, I'm telling you, you do, you have those minutes. There's 1440 minutes. I know you have those minutes. So just prioritize. So it's funny. So it it'll work. So, so really, you know, eight, the eight minutes, and I, I'm getting, was it an arbitrary number that you chose? Is just it was a good fit for the kind of exercises you were delivering, and it, it fit for the majority That's of them. A great question. Uh, and I just was, think, from a marketing standpoint, it ten was yeah. just, you know, it sounded, you know, too. Well, it was just too common. I think you know, from a standpoint of saying, well, it's it's, it's ten minutes or it's five minutes. So when you broke it down into eight. It just had a flow to it. It's like, well, I think that's more marketable. And, you know, eight minutes a day is all you need. And uh, so, you know, it, it, it certainly was the idea of, of, uh, of marketing. And the marketing genius and guru behind eight-minute eight minute abs was Carl Deichler. And Carl Deichler went on, Robbie, to, to basically be a CEO of a very, very small company called Beachbody, <laughs> who is now a billion-dollar business. Okay, but Carl Deichler was so, absolutely involved from yeah. day one with Eight Minute Abs, and then he went on. We, we filmed obviously in Florida, but the company that backed it was Tell America Media out of of uh, Philadelphia. So I would go to Philadelphia 
we would have our meetings. We would, uh, we were on QVC home shopping network with the program. And, uh, and Carl decided to leave the company, went out to, uh, Beverly Hills, started Beachbody and P90X. The next thing, you know, it just exploded, absolutely exploded. So he came up with that idea, that, that mind shift to say, look, if we just come up with eight minutes here, eight minutes there, I think we might have something here. And I'm thinking, my God, you're completely right. I mean, this is right. Let's do this. I've got all the workouts in my mind. I think we can do this. And so it was just the idea of a team effort, and uh, it resonated. It just resonated, and, uh, and I, I just think it hit people where they needed to be um, touched, and that was the idea of minutes, just minutes. Just do a little bit here. You've never been into there. It's like a piggy bank. You know, right. it, it, it adds up, and, and that effect. And it's not you, just, you know, especially now, Ravi, I can tell you, the eight-minute programs we're doing now – it's not just any eight minutes. You know, when it comes to exercise, Wait. more isn't better. Better is better. And so to me, that combination, that fusion of resistance meets cardiovascular. You're combining both elements and components of fitness into one segment. So you're actually you're, you're hitting two birds with one stone on that. And so when people truly don't have a lot of time, they combine both elements together. They feel good. Their heart rate's pumping and thumping. They're putting on lean muscle tissue. And then, Robbie, what happens? I'm telling you, it's amazing. People say, you know what? Eh, it's only eight minutes. I've got another eight minutes. Now they do 16 minutes. They might do 24. They might do 32. It's just segmented off. And and we tell people, encourage people, hey, start with eight. Do double eights. Do triple eights. Whatever you can do, and just get them to move. Once that light bulb goes on and, and the idea that, hey, I can do this, it's very empowering. We're trying to empower them. And, and that's what we do. And, uh, and I think back then, everybody was, like I said, pushing, you know, the hardcore, pushing that you got to do this aerobics for an hour. And it just... Hey, can you describe that a little more? I think just for the people who are listening who may not have been around during that period, what was the industry like? Because it seems like me growing up around that time, too, it seemed like there was the general population... Tell, tell me if this is incorrect. It seemed like there was... This Jane Fonda, a bunch of people in spandex just jumping around for an hour and just heavy workouts. And you see these VHS tapes everywhere, and they seemed intense. It almost seemed so intense that it almost, uh, I would say, alienated maybe a majority of people because it was like, oh, that's not for me. Whereas, I mean, what was the culture around exercise in the United States in the late 80s, early 90s? Was it as accepted? Did you undergo any criticism? Were people like, oh, this is going to work? What you're doing is, 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 is not backed by science? I mean, you talk about kind of the challenges you went through yeah, I think, to get there. Well, I think because you're bombarded with uh, a lot of the media with, with the Gene Fondas of the world, uh, basically touting, and even, you know, and, and God bless me, even Richard Simmons, uh, you know, was still doing a lot of aerobic activity, uh, you know, it, his was like 30 minutes and above, but uh, but the idea was, uh, yeah, they, they basically had one component of fitness, and I think it started to shift, though, with, with Denise Austin starting to get her on her TV program, starting to shift towards uh, doing a little more resistance and using your body, your body as resistance, and then I, I think it then shifted a little more towards combining both, you know, elements of fitness as well. But I think the idea was it was more of a it was a fashion statement too. You know, everybody had their leg warmers and their tights, and uh, and you had all these beautiful right. people. But I think it alienated ninety percent of the population who were not 
the pretty people who were, you know, in Hollywood and, uh, you know, fluffing up their big hair because that was the 80s, let's face it. And, and so, you know, you had all this fancy music. And, and I think if you remember right, there was a movie with uh, John Travolta and uh, maybe, um, oh, J- Jamie Lee Curtis. And it was, uh, it was either it was called Sweat or something. I can't remember what it was called, but it was the idea of, of, of you know, workouts and so forth in, in that time period. And you had all these people. There was Flashdance. What was the name of it? There was Flashdance. There was flash so it was dance. Flash Remember, it was, it was uh, a part of it. I mean, it's right in that era. Yeah. So I think it was maybe the nineties. Yeah, it was right there. And and it was the idea that. So have you watched this Apple TV series Physical? Have you have I you seen have this? I'd be so curious to see your. You should. Oh, you should check it out. I'd be so curious to see what you think of this. It's kind of a Jane Fonda biopic oh, wow. in a way. It's not really her. It's like an archetype of, the, of this woman trying to start that business and it growing oh, and scaling. That's, that's wild. Sorry about you, but it's I, I physical. Just, I might have to look thought, that up yeah, because I think it's, it's very applicable. Yeah, I think in today's uh, today's market. Rose Byrne is if the. Robbie, I'm telling you, yeah. I think you know when when people start looking at that and going, okay, that is not me. There's no way that's going to be me. I'm not going to, I don't feel comfortable. Mm. I don't feel confident in a, in a room full of, you know, 30 sweating people and they're all looking beautiful and they're, they got their tights on and so forth. Cause everything was tight back then. You know, even, even when we, if you look at the campy <laughs> stuff that we wore, I wore a unitard for God's sake. Like a I saw that. I, <laughs> I was like, should I bring that up or not? Cause I was like, yeah, I need the story behind this the blue, the blue. My uh, wife's like, what were you thinking? I'm like, yeah, you know what I say? Yeah, it was just a part of that, that mindset back then. I wouldn't era. wear it now, but, the, the idea is, uh, you know, I, I think we, the, the, we, we alienated a large group of deconditioned people, which I think was a huge, huge mistake. And, um, and, and so I think later now you see how people are you know, integrating, you know, deconditioned people in here and they're using models that are, that are more deconditioned. If you look at the models behind some of the instructors now, back in the 80s, I got to tell you, everybody was fit. I mean, we had eight, we did eight minute abs. We had a, a guy behind us who had his shirt off, right? And he was, I'll tell you how they got him. I didn't even, I did not, I did not pick him as uh, one of our models, but he was a stripper. <laughs> he was just, he was horrible. Though. <laughs> he was absolutely a whole, they got him as, as a male stripper. And I'm like, this guy's a lunkhead. He's a bodybuilder type. And it was like, totally, I would not have chosen him as, as my model. But even then, Back then, when we started looking at that, and that was, what, 94, 1994, everybody had to be in perfect shape. It was like, man, not now. You can see people are now are deconditioned, and, and they're saying, well, that could be me. And that's what you want to do. You want to relate to that person because that's your audience. And so, you know, what there's, I think there's 60-some percent of the population is overweight. So why would you have somebody behind you that's, you know, in perfect you know, shape. It doesn't make any sense. It's not your target audience, not your demographics. So we try to basically now, I think, look at that and go, look, this is a, you know, it's inclusive, everybody. And, um, and so, and, and, and I think you, you, you go at your own pace. That's, that's where I think we want to go with it. And, and it's, it's challenging for everybody. It, you know, you can challenge yourself. You know, that's, that's the thing. I mean, you want to make it harder. You just, instead of lifting five pounds, maybe you lift 10 pounds. There's ways you can do it, but you can't get around the idea that you have to be consistent. Mm. And, you know, consistency, to me, beats intensity any day of the week. And so I just tell right. people, Robbie, you know, 
Everybody says, well, I don't have willpower. You know, it's not about willpower. It's about want power. You want more vitality. You want more health. You want a better body. You want to live longer. You want to look younger. It has to be want power. And then once that happens in your mind shift and going, I can do this. This is something I can do for the rest of my life. Now you've got that light bulb that goes off. And now you got something that, that I think people will gravitate towards and it'll resonate on a mass level. And I think that's where, you know, even what we're shifting towards in, in our, in our business model. And, um, I just think the idea of now, you know, telling people that it's okay if you don't get a workout in today, it's okay, but you got to come right back the next day and shift that mindset and say, you know what? Okay. I missed the day. I'm going to come back. I'm going to make it up. Boom. And I'll tell you what, never miss a Monday. I'm a firm believer in that. Never miss a Monday. Get three or four workouts during the course of the week, and, and you're going to be okay. Uh, but but so what do you think yeah, about it just, it so just body positivity off. to you? So body positivity is a good thing, or this? I guess there's different aspects to the movement. This is a, this is a, this is a loaded term. But how do you, what do you how do you feel about this? Do you think that we're um, but this is overall good that we're making people uh, have, have more representative samples of what people really look like in the fitness industry so they can relate, like you said. Or do you think there's a risk that we're fetishizing kind of bad behaviors as well? W where's the line Ooh, there? How do you view that's that? That's a tough one. That's a really tough call. I, I've seen now if you go into uh, some stores and you see uh, the fitness stores and you see some of the uh, mannequins. The mannequins are now probably 50 to 80 pounds overweight. And so they're shifting that towards that. And to me, I, I'm not so sure that's that's going to work. I really don't because then you say, okay, well, it's, that's okay. And not from an aesthetic standpoint, body image standpoint. I'm talking about from a health standpoint. Never mind anything else, body image-wise, not from that angle. I'm talking from health. And so I always tell people, you know, you got to follow lean people. See what they – lean people lead lean lives, and it's their habits which make them lean cooking, eating, shopping, fitness, and even more importantly, thinking habits. You have to almost start thinking like a lean person. You go to a grocery store, you look at a person that's maybe a little over overweight, and you look at what they're buying in the grocery I do it every day when I go to a grocery store, and I see what they're buying, okay? Because your fork and spoon is your best piece of fitness equipment. Don't let anybody fool you, right? And so when you see a lean person who's fit, and they're going into a grocery store, well, guess what? They got lean proteins. They've got uh, they've got a lot more vegetables than, than most people. They got their fruits. They got their whole grains. You can't get around that. You can't unless you want to unless you want to spend hours a day in a gym. I don't want to do that, Robbie. Do you? You're a busy person. No. Most no. normal but people the, don't want to do that. And so what we're saying is you've got to you got to have the combination of both. And if you if you if you just literally can't out train that element of physics you can't so, out train it so jamie where do you where do you think this paradox then is because uh, the paradox of we've got more technology more availability uh to exercise regimens and not just that the knowledge behind why this works the science of it we understand it better over the last 30 years but why is obesity growing like why is the epidemic getting worse where do you think this disconnect is well i gotta tell you what, I, what are we not I doing what happens is it's hard to, like I said, it's hard to beat the food manufacturers. They're in it to sell, sell more food. Bottom line is. And, you know, I don't think people are, are, are being honest with themselves because what you eat in private 
you basically wear in public later. And so the, the, the bottom line is, as a society, I think we're just consuming more food. You know, Jack Lane had another line. He said, don't exceed the feed limit <laughs> instead of speed limit. And the bottom line is portion control is still the key. Because if you're not going to spend hours in a day in a gym, well, guess what? You better have the calories under control. And that's our downfall. It's it's too many calories coming in. At that point, hey, look, when I was when I was growing up, Robbie, I'm sure you too, um, bottom line is I was outside playing until 8 o'clock in the uh, evening. You know, I was out with my friends. I was not on the computer. You know, we got the healthiest thumbs in the world, these kids. And it's starting at an early age. And it's like, you know what? Get out there and move a little bit. That's when we have to get back to that. And so if they're not moving, they're eating the, you know, the, the Doritos, the, the empty calories coming in, they can't out-train it. And next thing you know, then they're getting a little unhealthier and a little unhealthier. Then the self-esteem starts to drop. And all well, the heck with it. I'll never get lean. Next thing you know, you know, it's out of control. And now they get the letter from their doctor saying, hey, Mrs. Jones, guess what? If you don't start doing something, you're already pre-diabetic. You've, uh, you know, now you've taken medicine for high blood pressure, high cholesterol, uh, type 2 diabetes. So it doesn't have to be that way. It does not have to be that way. And, you know, to me, uh, exercise is medicine. It's medicine. Um, so, you know, we got to get back to the pharmacy. And that's F-A-R-M, <laughs> okay? Not P-H-A-R-M. And, and right. back to the pharmacy, you've got to go back to eating more vegetables, more whole grains, lean proteins, eat clean, lean, and green, make sure it's the right amount. Again, you know, you talk about proteins, Robbie. It's three to four ounces of protein at, at a sitting. You don't need to eat 12 ounces of a steak. Have three to four ounces. That fits in the palm of your hand. Fill up on the accompaniments, the vegetables. You know, have a starch if you want a starch. You know, think about a starch. It's the size of your fist. I'm Italian, right? I'm half Italian. You know, we grew up with a lot of pasta. You know, you go over to Italy and, you know, think, oh, my gosh, these Italians are going to be overweight. No. You know what? They're not overweight because they're walking all over the place and they're portion controlled. Their, their pasta is the size of your fist. When is the last time you went into an Italian so restaurant and they served you just the size of your fist uh, portion size? You'd get up and walk out. We all want bang for our buck these days. And it's getting us in trouble because we want. It. So you think this is a. Go ahead. A uniquely cultural thing that's unique to probably uh, the United States versus, I would say, let me use the word, let me use the term old world yeah. locations where they have more of a tradition of eating in a more portion aware way. You think that's kind of what we've kind of had a runaway culture yeah. here. What do we do about, are we pushing a ball uphill? I mean, what do we do about these from a policy level, uh, these companies, right? So like the one thing, and I, and I had gotten into this bad habit as well, which I just deleted this stupid app off my phone, Postmates, this idea of food delivery, which I think got really worse and maybe over COVID, not just because people wanted to eat more, but it was probably necessity. They were just scared to go to the store. So if I can get someone to deliver food to me and you can open up an app in the United States, like this is how privileged of a world we live in, right? We can open up an app and literally just order any food or alcohol and it'll be in our house within 30 minutes. Like a stranger will just drop it by. Think about that. I feel like this is getting us in trouble. It's Robbie, it's going to be explosive in a bad way. There's no doubt. If you make it that convenient, you get, think about it because that food that we're getting from those companies, it's convenient, number one, but it's going to be higher sodium, 
higher fats without a question of doubt, most likely lower in fiber. All those strategies that we have are completely thrown out the door then. Remember, live on principles. And the fact is, you know, I keep saying, you're your fork and spoon, your best piece of fitness equipment, and you can't get around that. So you're right. That's going to be disastrous because if it makes it that easy to get a complete meal, well, guess what? Now, if that meal came with a uh, exercise component, now you might have something and you might be able to battle it. Otherwise, remember, they're in it for money and you're not going to be able to... uh, you're not going to be able to, uh, I think, it's going to be a challenge. It's going to be a challenge there. And I think people are always, you know, with the idea they got to join the clean, clean plate club. So they're not going to just portion control that food out. They're going to eat everything <laughs> that's thrown to them. So bottom line is, and I'll tell you what, you start looking at what, you know, when you go to restaurants, they don't give you extra protein. They give you extra starches, yeah. the rices, the potatoes, the, the pastas. Or the bread, number one, right. because it's cheaper for them to do that. But they, they look, and it's on your plate, it's like, well, you get more bang for your buck. So therefore, hey, this is a great restaurant. I'll keep going back. They give me good, you know, great portions. It's almost completely opposite thinking than you should should have. And then, <laughs> yeah. You know, Robbie, then it's like, you know, I always like to look at it realistically. And then people are going, well, look, you know, you, you're talking about, you know, eating a healthy meal, this, that. What about desserts? I said, look. You know what? Don't deprive yourself. Get the three-bite rule. That's important. Get the three-bite rule. It's take three bites and then out. You, you know, anything more than that, you're getting more than a taste. You know, but you didn't deprive yourself. So just little mind shifts like that. The idea of saying, look, eat the food you normally like. If you can't, you know, if you can't think, you know, lean, green, and clean for the day, guess what? Take 20% of your meals and, and you'll be okay because it still comes down to calories mm. in, right? And although it's maybe not the, the macronutrients that we want, but let's say somebody's on 2,000 calories a day. When we say, all right, Mrs. Jones, give me 20% of that, okay? So that's 400 calories. So now you've got 2,000 minus 400. You've got 1,600 calories coming in. And Robbie, I'll tell you what, even though Mrs. Jones didn't deprive herself, she's still eating her foods, the ones she likes. If you cut her down to 400 calories less a day, she's going to see some results. And and therefore, that deprivation mode was taken away, okay? And still, maybe she's eating uh, bonbons all day, but the bottom line is if she's eating 2,000 calories and we bring her down to 1,600 and she moves just a little bit on the other end, she's probably going to see a negative caloric balance. That alone in itself propels them to and motivates them to actually move on to the next yeah, level. This- and so, so can I, this little can thing, sh- the shift in, in mindset that you have to have, yeah. this all or nothing idea is right. out the door. And um, and I think that's what happens to people on a diet. If it's a diet plan as opposed to a lifestyle plan, you know, a diet is, to me, it's deprivation. It's never going to work. And and I think when they ask you to, you know, do something 100%, it's not going to work. So throw it out the door. You had to have some leeway. I always tell people, you know, you follow that 80-20 rule in anything. Let's look at that just from a pure numbers. And I go through this with clients because this is realistic and real life. And I always focus on real life programs for real people who have real schedules, real jobs, real families, real homes, but they still want real results. And so how we have to address that is saying, look, okay, Mrs. Jones, you have a choice to make. Every day you have a choice. Is this meal going to get me closer to my goal or further away? And if you could say closer to your goal 80% of the time, 
you're going to win at losing. 20%, ah, you know what, eat what you want. But the bottom line is eight out of 10 times you're eating something fairly healthy, you're going to win. And how that works even in natural uh, in numbers, Robbie, it's so interesting. If you take somebody and says, okay, I'm going to eat breakfast, lunch, dinner for seven days. That's 21 meals, okay? Now, if you look at the 80-20 rule, that means 16 meals out of those 21 should be fairly healthy. So that means the other five meals throughout the week, yeah, eat what you want. And I got to tell you, that gives people the pressure like, okay, I don't have to be perfect. That's realistic. And those numbers add up because if you do that week in, week out, and just move a little bit, put on a little lean muscle tissue, you're going to succeed. And that empowers people. And that's the way you do it realistically. Because you're right. What's happening right now with food being just in droves coming into people's homes, it's yeah. a cocooning effect, right? You don't even have to go outdoors. They just You don't even have to walk to the grocery store. They could literally have it, you know, done it. They don't have to go anywhere. And guess what? That is explosively bad, okay? Explosively bad. And so we'll see how it plays out. But, uh, you know, it's going to be a tough call. But if they still can live by principles, if they just did the right thing, even with portions, it's going to work. But Build the framework underneath it first with principles, and then you can kind of navigate these different apps. So I'm going to shift gears, but for, for, you'll see for a very specific reason. Just take me back to when 8-Minute Abs of the videos now, like you filmed it, it's produced, you're in the screening room. Take me back to that moment where you're like, when did you all know? Did you watch it and go, okay, good, print. Like this is, when was it good enough? To where you said, uh, how did you fight the perfectionism, in other words? Uh, hey, this isn't good enough. We're going to get slammed for this. You know, it's funny you say that because it was the least produced videos we've ever done. <laughs> I swear to you. It literally was done outside with a two-camera shoot. And it, to me, it was amazing because uh, we were going to shoot it inside. It was a beautiful day in, in Clearwater, Florida. We ended up shooting all five exercises outside, and we did some pickup shots. And, and so it, it told us one thing. It wasn't about the production. It was about the content. That's what hit home, and, and that's why it resonated. What about the content specifically? What do you think about the content made it so uh, – You know, obviously your charisma, one thing. And how did that come about? How did you develop that style well, I think, it's, you know, truly it was it's a natural effect. I really feel, and I, I'm a true believer in what I do. There's, there's not even a question about it. I don't shut this off. And it's very natural for me to be on camera. You know, that that degree in communications and under broadcasting actually helped out. So when you have that dual effect of, of having a broadcasting degree, and then you have American College of Sports Medicine guidelines, and then, more importantly, too, is keeping up my own persona body-wise. I was not a bodybuilder, but I, I wanted to sculpt the body, like chisel, you know? And I think that, when I took college nutrition courses, that was the light bulb for me, because I saw, I was experimenting with my own body, saying, my gosh, if I just cut out this, meaning, you know, calorie-wise, and if I got a little more protein, ate vegetables, so I filled up, and the fiber, you know, fiber fills you up, not out. So I'm thinking, my gosh, I'm really starting to put this thing together. So it's changing, transforming my body. And I thought, okay, we're on to something here. It didn't have to be too scientific about it, but I had the background to and elements to push that forward. And so when you start looking at all these, these elements saying, okay, it's almost like this, uh, this 
second coming of a Jack LaLanne type. There's never going to be another Jack LaLanne ever, ever. He was the he's the reason why we're in business. Not not even a question about it. He's he certainly uh, the godfather of fitness. And so he paved the way for us. But it was the idea of how did he connect and that connectivity he had with his audience. And we always took that honest approach and the voice of reason. I've never done anything that I felt that I wouldn't, you know, truly adhere to. Uh, I never sold vitamins uh, from a supplement standpoint. I just didn't. Uh, you know, hokey pokey snake oil stuff. I could have made a gazillion dollars. I didn't do it because I don't believe in it. I believe in food. I believe in the right approach. And, uh, and so, you know, having said that, you know, it's funny. We did this book. Uh, we did this book about a year and a half ago with Elaine Lalane, which is basically it's if you want to live, move, putting the boom back to boomers. And it's based on the philosophy and healthy lifestyle of Jack LaLanne. And it was the idea that, you know, just things like this, you know, you wouldn't be able to put these together if you didn't live the lifestyle. And and I think, you know, going back years and years ago, how did that happen? You know, everybody had their idea of routines. And we just thought, oh, my gosh, if we put this together and we have a clock that goes down, not goes up, but goes down, little nuances like that. So people think, oh, I only got... I only got four and a half more minutes left. I can do this. It was just these subtle things that made this thing click. And we knew we had it. We knew we had it, you know, the first couple times you have uh, you shown on TV because it was DRTV, which is direct response TV campaign. And so we went to retail after that. But, Robbie, let me tell you, if, yeah, if it didn't work, you'd know it instantaneous because um, in direct response, you want to have at least a two or three to one you know, ratio of, let's say, if you spend a dollar, you want to get two or three dollars coming back. Well, we knew we hit something. And then at that point, you just start, you know, it, you scale it. It's scalable because now you're showing it instead of 10, you know, locations around the country. Now you're in 30 and then 30 goes to 90, the f- 90 goes to 200. And that's how it, it scales because it's all the same. But it had to resonate first. And we didn't even have to tweak it because those five original videos were still the same five. And, and it's how did you feel when you when you started when you started getting that traction? I mean, you know, we, now we use the word we use the term fitness influencer because we have YouTube and Instagram and all this stuff. You were one of the original fitness influencers. So when it started to hit and you're young, you're in L.A., you're doing all this, you're doing all this cool stuff. Um, you're, now you're being seen over uh, over networks back in a time when there weren't that many networks, even on cable. So how did you feel? I mean, did you like, oh, my gosh, I've made it. I've somehow we've hit upon something that's going viral. Well, you know, it's funny because we obviously we didn't have the Internet back then. But I'll tell you a funny story. I was uh, in, a, in, a, in a nightclub. I was single, single back then when that started to hit. <laughs> it's funny. So the commercial <laughs> is playing and it's playing in the background. Right. And it's this a simple 30 second spot. So it was quick. We ended up going to a minute spot after. But I. I was trying to impress the girl saying, you know, she says, well, what do you do? I said, well, you know what? Take a look up there and it's on. But let me tell you, Robbie, it didn't work. She wasn't impressed. <laughs> Needless to say, but no, it was, it was something because, uh, you know, you had obviously friends and family who would say, oh my gosh, you know, I see you on TV all over the place, blah, 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 which is fantastic. And it was great. But if we would have had the internet back then in 94, 95, oh my gosh. I mean, we would have probably 20-fold what we did. And the funny thing is why I even got back into the game of this video production now is because 
everybody and their mother was putting us on YouTube, okay? The videos, the eight-minute videos were coming on, and they were getting 25 million views here, 30 million views here. I'm like, this is unbelievable. These people are taking my stuff, our stuff, and putting it on, uh, on, on YouTube, monetizing it, capitalizing off our stuff. And I know we end up sh shutting down a few of those companies, but right now, currently, if you go to Eight Minute Abs, we have over 84 million views on that one video. It's just incredible. It's still resonating. You, you're still surprised it's resonating to this day. It is, and it is absolutely resonating. It's almost like it's uh, it's campy. It's sort of campy now, and it's like, I, I and I still get. I'm telling you, weekly, I will get people who will, you know, hey, I did your videos in high school. It's great to see you still at it. And it was like, you know, or I did your videos in college every day. Uh, it, it's funny. It, it still resonates. And it, because the exercises are still, they still hold up. They were just basic. And it's just, you know, everybody says, well, how many sit-ups do you need to do? And I say, hey, look, bottom line is abs are made in the kitchen, not in the gym. You know, you can do a gazillion ab, ab exercises. not going to release that, you know, adipose tissue over your stomach. The bottom line is you have to still eat well. So that combination, we certainly combined. Uh, I it, we wish we would have had an eight minute abs diet plan back then. We just didn't. It just didn't materialize. Right. But now we know that it's the food element is going to get the abs they want. The slimmer, trimmer, tighter waistline has to be the fork and spoon. And so I, I just think those things. I wish we would have had that back then. But hey, we got it now. And now because we've shifted, I'm not 30 years old anymore. I'm 61. So now there's 80 million baby boomers out there, Robbie. That's and I don't say even just baby boomers, but boomers and beginners is where I want to be. Leave the jumping and the jarring of the joints to the CrossFits, the P90Xs of the world. That's fine. That's a minute amount of people. I know that there's 60, you know, 60 percent of the population overweight and growing, by the way, and that baby boomers occupy 80 million people. We've got probably 140 to 200 million people. That's our target audience. That's a, it's a substantial number. That's who I want to go after from a standpoint of helping them achieve, you know, like I said, that success in their life. And I just think it takes that mind shift to say, hey, we're going to get you up and moving first. Uh, you know, if you rescue rust, the idea that, you know, getting fit never gets old. And I, and I tell the baby boomers this, and it's as simple as that. I will not let age change me. I will change the way I age. And if you follow the philosophies that we have and the strategies, yeah. you're going to succeed on some level. It's not even a question. It's pure physics. And so I know that going in. So I'm convinced, convinced that this is the way to go. And if you tell somebody that, you know, they got to cut out complete food groups, you know, there's a million diets out there. I tell people, you know, bottom line is stick to the diet you can stick with the longest. It comes down to portions. I don't care what anybody says. I'd like to have the macronutrients where they want to be with, you know, eating lean proteins, uh, you know, in this amount, you know, eating vegetables, uh, the most of your, your plate should be filled mostly with half, of, you know, the plate with vegetables, starch, small amount of starch. If you're going to have a drink of alcohol, well, guess what? No problem. It's 160 to 200 calories. Something else has to come off. Hopefully it's a starch. I mean, there's ways you can navigate through your day with your nutrition which means you don't have to spend as much time at the gym. And it's so it's just so, this balance that you need. And I do think so you're Jamie, on the right path. Well, do you think the others are on the 
the right path in terms of the influencer. So now that we live in a world where there is internet, where everybody can start a YouTube channel and become a quote unquote influencer with, I would say, varying levels of expertise and certification. I mean, I think how, how do you, as a, as a consumer or somebody is, is in the beginner category, what would you tell them in terms of how do you navigate YouTube now? Because you have people like, like Derek from More Plates, More Dates or Greg Doucette who are more kind of bodybuilder focused. Um, and I see a lot of young people now. Just you know, even at the gym, like high schoolers in there, just lifting really heavy, and like it seems like there's I don't know if it's a recent fad of doing this, but um, people are interested in in, in get working out. There are you know the the Peloton, for example, in our company, right? We're your company. We're all growing here. I just think, um, is there a danger that some of these influencers are kind of not saying the things? Do you see them? Um, not conveying the information that you would have preferred or that, that are kind of giving some danger. You know, what's that ratio? Who, well, are I most mean, of them doing okay? Great question. I think you see it too. And based on your knowledge and based on your background as well, you know, it's, it's you know, I always follow exercise physiology 101. I always follow American College of Sports Medicine guidelines. I got to tell you, I think what I've seen out there, most people do not. And I don't do anything that's contraindicated exercise. And, and so to me, you want to keep, you keep it as simple as possible. It's people love routines. I think what happens is the influencers try to get so fancy that they're doing things. They're flying off the handle here, there. They're doing <laughs> crazy stuff just to be different. But then you risk yeah. your your joints. You risk you know back injuries, knee injuries. I don't think it's worth it. And I'm telling you again, there's an old saying: niches create riches, right? And I understand that you know they want to get funky because it's you know if they're hitting a, a twenty to 25-year-old, you know, uh, target audience. But I'll tell you what, those 25-year-olds, they, they grow up to be 45-year-olds, and then they can't walk because they were doing these crazy exercises. You know, I still think you got to be careful where you get your influences from. And, you know, to me, I always go from old school stuff. And, and I know that works. And I know what doesn't work. And I just know that if you're putting your body through a stressor, I know that's going to hypertrophy. And people like routines to the point where if you get too fancy and it's like, well, I feel uncoordinated now. I don't want to follow this guy anymore because, you know, he's doing things that are so crazy for me that I can't, uh, I don't feel confident anymore that I can do these. And they usually move on. And so I still think you got to keep it, narrow the scope a little bit. And, you know, everything, you know, to me, exercise is, is, is specificity of exercise. So if you want to be a bodybuilder, well, then you probably go to a bodybuilding, you know, influencer. If you want to run a marathon, you're not going to a bodybuilder for that. So you go to a marathon person and I go to a person that's been successful, not somebody who's just, you know, putting on a video just because they just started and they're, they're trying to, to make money because they got enough views. Right. You just to me, it's just it's common knowledge and it's intuitive thinking that you have to do, and you can't be sucked in by all the fluff out there and static. Go back to the straight and narrow, and that to me is always going to work. I know what works, and I know what doesn't. And, you know, good health isn't about chance; it's about choice. And I think people have to see that and say, okay, what's going to get me to my goal? And it goes already back to that why. Why are you doing this? You know, if it's to run a 10k. Well, what well then you have to do your routines that are going to focus in on what's going to get your best time right. for a 10k if you're going to be a, a physique bodybuilder well then you got to focus on that so it's just what is your definition of success and again it's to me it's again as you age i can tell you it's not 
a 25-year-old thinking pattern. It's just, why am I yeah. getting these oohs and these ahs every morning that I wake up and I get my shoulder didn't hurt when I went to bed, but now when I woke up, it, it's aching. <laughs> so they just want to get out of bed, feel better. They want to look younger. I can tell you that. We want that yeah. fountain of youth still. There, now it's not even a question. We still want the fountain of youth. Even though you're 60 years old or 65, you still want to think that, hey, I can do things that I was, you know, when I was 25. And the idea that I remember those times. And so we have to keep realistic about it. But just that mindset to say, look, you know what? Yes, let's do this right. We know that if you do a little bit of resistance, if maybe you walk, you know, 40, 30 minutes one way, 30 minutes the other, you're going to see success. You're going to have no, you know, jamming and jarring of your joints. You're going to do this right where your tendons, your ligaments are going to be sound. You just have to think, I just feel that, you know, when you look at the Internet, don't always believe and trust people on the Internet, for sure. What do you think is your message then to physicians? Because, you know, I can make a strong case that, honestly, when it comes to preventative services, we've largely failed. And I think, I mean, to give you an example of, it's not malicious. I don't think there's mustache twirling doctors out there who are who are trying to not provide the right services. You know, part of it's a combination of time, lack of training and motivation. I, you know, when I was in medical school, yep. we had zero classes on exercise yep. or nutrition, zero. Now that's not the case anymore. I believe that current guidelines for medical schools in the United States do have to have some training. It never will be the type of training that an actual dietitian gets or nutritionist. However, at least they have some familiarity. But what do you think, you know, I, I do blame us, though. I do take responsibilities as a doctor for not serving the public good in the way that we probably should have been doing, um, which which is why with with Daytona we're trying to change that now. Yep. It's part of my trying to make up for it. But what is what would you tell doctors and physicians and maybe other members of the tr- quote unquote traditional healthcare system? What do we have to do differently? Well, I think you hit it on the head with the time element when. A doctor, and because I've spoken to doctors about this, they literally don't have the time to speak to Mrs. Jones about her lifestyle. So what has what happens normally is because they know intuitively, they know that Mrs. Jones probably is not going to exercise the way they should, or probably not eat the healthy foods she should eat. They'd rather give them again the pharmacy end of it, P H A R M. They'd rather give them a pill to say, all right, here's your blood pressure pill, your uh, cholesterol level pill, your, your type 2 diabetic pill. Therefore, it doesn't really do Mrs. Jones that good because she didn't change her lifestyle habits because of a pill never do that. And they don't have time to really preach. They might give her a piece of paper, here's the exercise you should do. But my experience, honest to Pete, I'm telling you, that just doesn't work long term because they'll always go back to their other habits. And people, right. you know, by nature are going to be a little lazier. And that's what I'm saying. So we, how you do that, Robbie, uh, to me, it almost has to be each physician has to be hooked up to a local, maybe training company, uh, p- you know, personal training. Maybe the virtual programming will work. Absolutely. Just the, but formalize it. We had a program going back almost 17 years ago. It's called Doctor's Way, W-E-I-G-H. And we had local physicians who would actually basically write out a prescription. All right, Mrs. Jones, you have type 2 diabetes, you have high blood pressure. Go and see Kim. Kim Gorman was the registered dietitian. And Jamie, they're going to be over there at uh, at the studio. Go see them. Here's your prescription. Bring this in. They'll take care of you. And I trust me when I tell you. I know it's, it was, it was uh, they had to watch because it was borderline uh, 
there's something a doctor can't refer patients and but it worked out i will tell you this we had over 400 patients come in the first year alone from doctor referrals and it was local and i'm telling you the results were unbelievable they had their own dietitian their own personal trainer boom in one and i think it's what you kind of do with daytona too that idea of that nutrition element, right. that fitness element, that mindset element, that's their hope. Because otherwise, giving them a piece of paper is not going to work. And giving them a pill and saying, hey, change your lifestyle, not going to work. Because most people would rather just take that pill, eat what they want, sit on their buns, and watch you know, laughing uh, reruns. I mean, it's, that's the nature of people, unfortunately. And it's ever... all part of it. And I just yeah. think we've got our work cut out for us, no question about it. But it can happen. It can happen. But I think from a doctor's perspective, they just know that most people won't do it. Therefore, they're not going to spend a lot of time on that person, give them a pill, give them a piece of paper out the door, and hope that they, they do better. That's it. And I see that with my own family. It was my parents, too, and my aunts and uncles. They do the same. The doctors do the same thing. And, yeah, that's reality. And it, the time factor for the doctors is a big part of it. They can't sit with each person and you know, give them a tutorial on, on how to eat healthy. Just there's too many moving parts to it. And over the years, as you've touched, you know, like you said, reached millions of people, are there any that stick out uh, in your experience that where you felt like this was almost a hopeless case, where you've given all the support, you thought this person is, you can see them trying and they just, they keep getting disappointed and you're feeling bad as a trainer, but they turned around. Do you feel like everyone can well, get I, better? And it, it, do person, any cases stick out to you? Yeah, I got to tell you, we've had a lot of testimonials through the years. As, as But one really stands out. I had an article in the Cleveland Plain Dealer, and it was about, I was doing a perfect example. I was at Jacobs Field, and it was, it was called the seventh inning stretch. And it was where I was doing every inning for a nine-inning game. I told him to do, all right, for first inning, you're going to do squats. Next inning, you're going to do push-ups. During the inning, right? During the, the mid-inning. So a lady called me from that article and it was Donna. I won't give her last name. She was 317 pounds. She said, I'm at my last effort. I'm at my last end of the rope. She goes, I'm, I'm not doing well mentally. I've tried everything. Uh, my husband no longer loves me. He thinks I'm too overweight. Um. She goes, I just, I feel like I'm, I'm lost. She goes, I feel like I'm going to give up. And meaning giving up life too, by the way. I mean, she was suicidal, no question about it. And I got to tell you, I immediately got on the phone. I said, Don, I'm going to help you. And guess what? I'm going to do this for free. Trust me, because I think you need some help here. And you're not getting it from the medical profession. You're not getting it from your family. I will support you on this. And I met with her for 10 weeks, a couple times a week. And I got to tell you, she ended up for the whole year, Robbie, she lost 160-some pounds, okay? 160-some wow. pounds. And that's not going to be for everybody, trust me. But she was eating so poorly because out of frustration, out of emotional eating, that we got her to eat and focus. And then I had this little portion control plate that we had. And she said, I'd love to sell those to my friends. I said, Donna, I'll tell you what. You sell them for each one you sell. I'm going to give you $10 out of that. And she was so tickled pink. And she said, oh, my gosh, I'm going to make a part of your business. I, and she was excited. So she ended up getting an article in the plane dealer. And, Robbie, she was had one foot in wow. her pants. And her pants were literally out to here. They're probably out three feet 
from her belly, okay? And she ended up getting, she was tickled pink. So we had a, we took a person, literally transformed them from a person that was literally suicidal at the end of her ropes because of her weight and her mental aspect, her low self-image, self-confidence, self-esteem. And we ended up turning this person, transforming this person around that she became literally a beacon of light for other people and other friends of hers that were struggling with the She really stood out as a major transformation, not only physical, but mental and even emotional transformation. And, you know, and then she, trust me when I tell you, she struggled with it too, because she went back to her some bad habits and she gained 20 pounds. Then she lost. I said, Don, you just have to go back to those same habits that you had when you were losing. That worked. We know it worked because it was physics. You know, you're taking, again, a negative caloric balance each week. She was lopping off five, 10 pounds a week because, and that's not going to happen to everybody. Wow. She was a larger person. A person that's 120 pounds is not going to lose five, 10 pounds in a week, nor should they. And nor should anybody. But I got to tell you, it was just the way she re-figuring this thing out. And, and so that, that person stuck, really stood out the most. And we've had, obviously, people, and just like we were discussing earlier, everybody that starts a fitness and a nutrition plan is probably going to lower their triglycerides you know, lower their risk for diabetes, lower their risk for heart disease. They're going to certainly increase HDL. They're going to increase muscle tissue. That just happens from a pure physics standpoint, which is great for their numbers. I think that really does empower people, but you got to do it. You still have to make the time and the discipline. Like you said, five o'clock in the morning, you're out there working out. Me too. You know, and so it's like, where is that shift? And it all depends on your why. It comes down, why are you doing this? What is that want power going to look like? Uh, you just can't get around physics. And uh, although you want to try, so, it's not going to happen unless you make it happen. So in looking toward the future and with all the technology and stuff we have now, including things like VR, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of exercise apps in the Oculus. I don't know if you've used them or tried them or tried these augmented reality apps and things like this. We put the goggles on and you've yeah. got trainers around you. Um, but also artificial intelligence, there's just never going to be enough trainers per se or that or possibly, or that human touch that you were able to provide that one client. Um, what do you, what do you think about the, the opportunity to introduce, you know, very charismatic AI or bots, or do you, do you think we can, let's go ahead and use the word replace for now, just, just to get the, get the medical juices um, flowing. I mean, can we replace trainers? Can we replace doctors? Can we replace, can motivation be delivered over, those kind of technologies. I know knowledge can, but can we keep people motivated, excited? Can we do that with a virtual agent? Or do you think that's just way too far off the future? Well, There's nothing like the I human I think touch. it's coming in that direction. I think it'll work absolutely in a short term because I think, like I said, anybody can stick to something 30, 60 days, 90 days, even three months. I just don't know how long term without that interaction between human beings that you're going to get. And although... It might be coming sooner than we thought with this AI business, which, again, as long as it's going to help that person with that transformation mindset, that that light bulb that's being switched over. But I don't know long term how that would work out. I really don't. I just I but I see it as a benefit. 
and as like we said, as a hybrid, absolutely the hybrid of virtual and on site or in in person, you know, routines and actual programming, and that's for everything. I don't think it's just fitness related, um, but right. it's definitely coming. There's no doubt about it, and I still think that you just have to, you know, to me, all this is personality based. Rob, you think about how many uh, yoga instructors are out there, but. Right. People gravitate towards people they know, like, and trust, and you still have to have that connectivity with the person on the other end of that phone or other end of that workout video or on TV. You know, why does you know why does a TV personality uh, you know work? It's because they connect with that person. So if if you don't have that element and that's a, a stoic AI figure that has no personality, yeah, it might work in the in the you know interim, but I still think it's the jury's not out as far as long-term. But I think from a doctor's standpoint, boy, it's a heck of a lot better than just giving them a piece of paper. That's just my two cents. We know that that method has not worked. Or you wouldn't have 60% of the population overweight. I mean, would you want to see the, you know, the AI version of Jamie, right? I mean, would <laughs> hey, you, you know, is <laughs> with, with the personality, you know, the mannerisms, you know, is that something you know, you could, you could get, um, so, so I'll, I'll, I'll leave you with, I guess the question of you. So you're, it seems like you're optimistic for the future of our health as a country, as, as a world, as a species, but you're optimistic. Oh, for sure. I think so. Because number one, I think eventually you're going to see like the bigger companies starting to realize that they're probably even more bene- beneficial by offering maybe a little more I'd say wholesome, but healthier choices. And and I think they're going to figure out that they can be literally the conduit to that person's health and their choices because they know they're going to eat that food. But now let's say to Mrs. Jones, because they know in their mind, hmm, she wants to lose weight, but she likes to eat. He likes to have fun. He likes to drink. Therefore, you know, so I think they're going to, that perfect example was beer. You know, eventually they went to light beer. Why? Because guys were saying, well, I'm getting a beer belly. And they were going, oh, man, we better, we better, you know, produce something that still tastes good and still has that effect of a social gathering event. But, you know, it's less calories. And so that's a perfect example of how I think they'll actually have to shift that over and eventually say, hey, we're taking place of, of pills. And so... And guess what? So healthy food do? is profitable. They're going to buy more of my food because it's going to be healthier for them to, and still taste good and get the results they want. We all want a better body. We all want to live, you know, healthier. We want to look younger. Do, we want to live longer. Do you believe that's? Do you believe that's true? I would say there's a bunch of my colleagues, and I've taught, I've come across this, where doctors just are not in the medical system. Investors, even in the system, other players, pharmaceutical, the insurance companies. They're like, people don't care about their health. There's a prevailing view. I don't know how big it is, but there are doctors who think, no, people don't care. Well, and maybe that they're not seeing the results that you're seeing because of the way that they deliver, you know, that piece of paper with just I, recommendations. I think it's they know that most people won't do the work, but if you're going to do it via nutrition, because I think that's what we're asking, saying there are these big food companies, if they can see yeah. that they can provide that angle and get the results but still sell more food, that's where they're going to be. Bottom line is, follow the money. Always follow the money, Bobby, and then you'll figure it out. And I think eventually, you know, people have choices. Again, your good health isn't about chance. It's about choice. And it, again, depends. It goes back to their motivation and why they want to do it. But the bottom line is, I don't know if anybody 
that says, hey, I want to be 100 pounds overweight, so I'm going to try my best to do this. No, they want to, after, you know, because you're seeing on TV, you're seeing, again, I go back to when I did uh, Kathy Ireland, perfect example. I did her videos and I produced, right. I did produce my choreographer, the choreographer for the videos. Perfect example. I saw Kathy three weeks every day in the morning, woke up, no makeup, no, her, her hair wasn't done. Here's a supermodel, right? And, you know, I was always looking at women and thinking, okay, when they're on the beach, women look at other women more than guys do. They want to, they compare themselves, right? And you always fail by comparison. And I say, you know, that's amazing. So I always use this in my seminar because when I saw Kathy, I saw her in the raw form, beautiful woman, by the way, right. a little tall for me. She's six foot for God's sake. Yeah. But <laughs> the bottom line is when that cover came out, and when Kathy was on the cover of the video, the VHS cover, she was yeah. her hair was all done up. There was no crow's feet, all makeup. She was <laughs> airbrushed. I swear to you, she was airbrushed. So that person that I knew who was real every day for three weeks, I saw the rawness of it. And again, beautiful person, beautiful lady inside and out. But, you know, what happens? So what happens is people look at that picture and go, all right, you know what? That, I'm comparing myself. I'll never be that thin. I'll never be that person beautiful. They always fail by comparison. And I think that is a big detriment. I got to tell you, I think, you know, almost have to be comfortable in your own skin there sometimes and be realistic. And so, again, that goes back to DNA. You can you can control, you know, your some somewhat of your of your path, but you either have good genes or you don't. And and so, you know, you're going to take three body types, of course, mesomorph. Uh, endomorph and as uh, you know the other more my god so the bottom line is this if you can't change i'd like to be taller i like to be six foot four and it's never going to happen so you know the bottom line is you go within the structure and then you can change your lifestyle habits through your nutrition and exercise but you know the idea of trying to look like kathy ireland and desire that and say okay that could be me that's where it gets a little i think rough around the edges because most people want that but it's like I'm not going to have it. Therefore, I'm going to get discouraged. Hell with it. I won't even do anything. That's not where we want to be. Right. It's just not. And, and that's where I think the, the image aspect has to almost falter. And it's got to be more towards health instead of body image. And that's a big shift in mindset. Makes sense. Get rid of that scale. You fail by the scale. I'd rather throw that scale out the door. But you can't because people are so fixed on those three numbers. They look at those three numbers, Robbie, and say, okay, is today going to be a fat day or a fit day based on those three numbers? And you and I know you got right. muscle tissue. It doesn't take consideration, you know, what's going on in the scale. Throw it away. It's how your clothes fit. It's how you feel. But we're always predetermined to think that, you know, my life's based on those three numbers on that scale. And you're going to fail, especially when you start exercising. And I tell people, get rid of it. I know it's a part of it, but the bottom line is get your tape measure out because, you know, what you can measure, you can, you can monitor and change. But I got to tell you, it's a, it's a difficult mindset. Let me tell you, <laughs> but it can happen. Yeah, no, I'm I can imagine. It can happen. It's, 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 it's going to happen because otherwise we know where we're going. 66% of the population is overweight. That's not, that's adults. We got a whole bunch of young kids coming up with, remember I told you, healthy thumbs and bad nutrition. It's yeah. explosively bad if we don't change. So we got to do I agree. Well, this has been an amazing insight into the to 
this you know this incredible set of experiences you've had and what you're working on now and you know it's a, it's an honor to say we're working together on on some of these things great um and uh how can you know how can people find you and find out what you're up to now well of course you know we've been working with daytona i think it was a fantastic idea i i, I love the idea of, of that that element of course of, of going with with all the great Intruistic ways that we know are going to work. Because remember, you, as you know, being a, a doctor, right. we know what's going to work, and we know what's not going to work. And and I think if we just follow those patterns, and there are programs out there that do that, that aren't you know hokey pokey snake oil you know uh, programming. I know it'll work, and so therefore, you know, again, want to go to uh, Daytona? That works. Uh, our Fit and Delicious program obviously has worked because it's an unbeatable combination of fitness and food. That works. Um, and I, I just think that, you know that element alone is, is the idea of, of of looking at that and going, all right. I believe this guy. Trust this guy. He's helped millions of people lose millions of pounds and inches. So you have to put your trust in somebody. You can put your trust in me because. I got nothing to sell you other than, than, you know, the strategies that I've learned and have helped millions of people with. And so you can look at charlatans out there and people say, well, I'm a trainer. Well, yeah, anybody can be a trainer. If you, you know, you go to get a, a $20 certificate and get a, you know, a, a training certificate. Okay. And you can have a good body and you say, well, I'm a trainer. But you know what? It goes so far beyond that. And that's why right. you know, the, the cream rises to the tro- uh, to the top sometimes, and you have to go with what, what's going to you know get you the best results in the least amount of time. And I think that's where Absolutely. we have a, a structured program that works because we know what works and we know what doesn't. And that's I still keep going back to the, just the old time elements, and it just it works. So. Jamie, thank you so much for spending the time this morning on a Monday to to hang out with me and, and, and tell me your story and and um you know do you still have that blue uh that blue onesie you do don't you <laughs> hey believe it or not Robbie I can still get in that so just to let you know yes <laughs> I can't throw, that's archive I can't throw that away you know Jack Lane he's got his own well that's uh, a video you <laughs> yeah Jack that's a video you need stuff. to make I think that's it. Yeah, yeah. Eight minutes at sixty-one. You know, that's a video I can see you. Yeah, I can see a new cool. video series you want to make. So you want to, we'll, you want to collaborate Thursday, on? We'll do it. We'll, we'll we'll bring out the onesie and, uh, and we'll, <laughs> we'll embarrass my that's wife right. one more time. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, and I'll and I'll put the links to everything you're working on too in the description, thanks. so people can get a hold of you and and, for, and continue to be that inspired. That sounds great. So, I appreciate thanks again. Your time. Thank you for having me. I really, I, it's been enjoyable, and uh, I hope you know we want to really. Change lives one body at a time, and that's the way to do it. Right. Well, that's right. Well, thanks, Jamie. Thanks, Ron. Appreciate Take it. care.